A nudnik, a real bum. The bad clowns freak him out. This is the... Theme song of the podcast of the movie of the uncle of the nephew who's a dreamer and he can't keep a job. We watch the... Movie by the minute and we talk about what's in it but we want it to be different so we added two more seconds. It's UHF 62. Uh, 60 second. UHF 60 second. Welcome back to UHF 60 second. This is the podcast where we talk about the Weird Al Yankovic movie, UHF, 62 seconds at a time. My name is David. I'm joined by BJ Bontrager. Yes, uh, BJ Bontrager, who's always riding shotgun with me. Speaking of shotgun. Oh, so uh, I think we're locked and loaded and ready to go. This is uh, the sixth episode. This episode starts with our hero, hero butt, um, noticing that the pedestal is sinking and then ends with hero butt running away from the boulder through a lovely uh, possible Scandinavian sunset. BJ, your thoughts? He should have brought a bag of sand. Isn't that how that works? Yeah. I think he, he did have a bag of sand in the previous minute and uh, decided uh, he didn't need it. Oh, that's right. Well, he learned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, hey, hey, David, sorry I was late. Uh, are we ready to start this? Or? I guess we're uh, ready to start over. Oh, I see BJ's here. Great. What, what were you guys doing? We're talking about bags of sand. We're talking about sandbagging. I'm sorry. Did you have a lot of sandbag notes? <laughs> No, now I'm wishing I I had. <laughs> so BJ is our good friend, and he is joining us, or is he hosting today? I don't know what's going on. Co-hosting with myself. He's hosting with you? Yes. That's great. Um, how long have we all known each other? Oh, wow. Back to... Second grade? Second grade, I would say. I think we nope. made the transition uh-uh. to the slightly larger school. Maybe you guys have known each other since second grade, and I feel like an outsider. <laughs> when did you move to Kalkaska? What grade? Uh, third grade but i don't recall you guys before uh fourth grade i had mr vanecki for third grade i'm sure our audience is fascinated by this conversation <laughs> uh but did we all remember yeah. oh yeah yeah i'm his facebook friend all right are you really Great. that guy's still so we're on the planet somewhere yeah he's down by that land oh okay should we be uh driving people's first and last names and locations <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up with a funny sound effect to put over that guy's uh, name. Yeah. Last name withheld. Yeah, there was a number of kids that I think hung in our group that moved away like around those two years. Do you guys remember? You're going to need to edit this again. Dean. Mahoney. Mm-hmm. He moved to like the same year. That was a rough, that was fourth grade. These kids all moved around there. They had to make room for you, David. Yeah, I pushed them out. Much like our heroes getting pushed out of this cave. Yes. You guys ready to go back to UHF? I'm always ready to go back to UHF. Nice. I like that the Watch for Falling Rock sign shows up when it was not there before. That's true. And for some of us here in northern Michigan, we've we've seen plenty of Watch for Falling Rock signs before when we visit our upper peninsula. Have you ever seen the rocks fall? Uh, No. Actually, I think one time on a spring break drive down to Florida, we were going through the Appalachians. We saw little rocks falling, and it's enough to uh, think about the value of your car. Have you ever seen fallen rocks? Because some of the signs don't say falling, they say fallen. It's true, and I have seen fallen rocks also. Yeah, I've seen fallen rocks. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like I-75 that goes through Kentucky, for example, they blasted through a lot of hills, and 
that that'll uh, fall down. I've never seen it falling, but I've definitely seen it like in the road having just recently fallen. So that's a valid sign. Have you had to actually like steer around it? Was it that obtrusive? No, like on the shoulder. It's no cool stories. Yeah, mine was shoulder too. They must have people that like take care of that very quickly and somehow know. Maybe like falling rocks or fallen rocks is like roadkill. You know, like around here, roadkill is very prevalent and people just clean that up all the time. There might be some people that take it home for dinner. I don't know, but rocks for dinner. Rock people. Gotta be. And I really like his overacting here. When Steve finds out that this is bad news, he does this huge jump off the stairs. Yeah, I like that jump a lot, and I I recall mimicking that several times, um, <laughs> just jumping off of like one <laughs> stair. He like yeah. he he tucks his legs up and everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that jump definitely had a influence on my physicality uh, in my youth. <laughs> I'm too old, uh, having just recently turned forty. I'm too old to jump off of anything anymore. Now, he gets hit in the head with some of these rocks. Um, at the time, I was not at all familiar with Big Trouble in Little China. Do you think that this is any reference to that at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but I'm just... Is Big Trouble in Little China in 86? It was before this. Right. I mean, it wouldn't really be like a, a much much of a reference. I just... Okay. As soon as I saw it again, now that I'm familiar with the movie, I was like, oh, wow, that looks familiar. Is it Kurt Russell that gets... Takes, yeah, takes it in the noggin. Yeah, specifically the time I'm thinking is, is towards the end of the movie where he uh, he's trying to be the big hero and he shoots his gun up in the air like, yeah, we're going to go do this. And then it blasts a bunch of the wall off and it hits him in the head. Oh, yeah. I guess I do remember that. Yeah, it could be. Is the creaky head thing, is this is this like post-Beetlejuice or is this before Beetlejuice? This is uh, pre-Beetlejuice? This was, this was 89, so I don't I don't remember where Beetlejuice came in. So was that just like a fun creaky head thing, or was that meant to be something from a different movie that I'm not aware of? What do you, what do you mean the creaky head thing? When his head makes the creaky sound oh. and it turns completely around. Oh, oh, that. Yeah, I always uh, thought of it as like a clicking, like a gear, but when watching this with the subtitles, I'm guessing, BJ, that you did also, that it says creak or creak noise or something yes. like that. But it's definitely <laughs> like yes. a clicking, like a gear, but it calls it a creak. I just remember that like disturbing me the first time I saw it. Not because I actually thought it was happening, but I I think it just took me aback all of a sudden. I you know you see his head moving, and then the next shot is directly from behind, and his head just keeps moving. And I think I may have tried to like emulate that at some point. You know, putting my starter jacket on backwards or something, and <laughs> try to look cool. I see Beetlejuice's '88. Just uh, FYI. Perfect. Okay, yeah, it could have been. But we can't skip past the fact that he used the Oscar to hold the wall up, where Indiana Jones would scoot under there and you know reach for his hat in the nick of time. But this guy doesn't care. He'll just put that there. So actually, I, I looked up a bunch of stuff, way too much stuff. I had to make myself stop. Uh, but I was looking at, at Oscar facts, and I was trying to figure out what would actually be like the, the crushing weight of an Oscar. <laughs> um, but I did not I did not figure that out. Uh, but I did find out all kinds of stuff about what it's made out of and what it's made out of now versus what it used to be made out of. And But I think the the biggest factor in the crushing would be the, the base. Earlier on, the base was made out of wood or plastic. I think right now, it's it's actually made of brass, just like the rest of it. So I guess that wouldn't be much of a different factor. But I don't think I have any really interesting facts about that. Except for, this is an MGM production, and Cedric Gibbons is credited with designing the Oscar. 
He worked for MGM and he made he won lots of awards. An award winning Oscar. Yeah, he made the he made the award so he could win it like thirty eight times or something like that. Um, you were talking about um, being concerned about the base giving away, but the floor itself, when he kind of belly flops on the floor and shimmies up to the door, the floor is soft. So I'd be more concerned about the, you know, the Oscar sinking right into the floor. Oh yeah, I that, see it. That could be. Let's see. That could be like a. They're just trying to make this movie on the cheap or something. But actually, in this segment of the Indiana Jones movie of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, there are a couple spots where their special effects aren't so great and some rock flooring kind of gives way under his feet. So maybe somebody was paying a lot of attention to that movie. It was like, we're going to do the same thing. I hope it's it was that level of attention to detail. Or the studio could have just been like, listen, if Indiana Jones didn't spend this much, <laughs> you are not going to spend this much. Well, they were going for accuracy. Uh, who was it? Jerry Porter that was saying that the... The cobwebs in this are actually better than the Indiana Jones cobwebs. <laughs> um, I think I think he likes the Raiders cobwebs, but he doesn't like the the later cobwebs, whether it's a Temple of Doom or. or oh, okay, yeah, I think you're right. That's what it was. Are there cobwebs in Last Crusade? I think there might. Oh, there must be. At some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we do get quite a bit of cobwebs, even as he jumps out. He jumps right into a big pile of cobwebs. Yep. Cobwebs are uh, cheap. That jump is a stunt double, by the way. What? Stunt guy. That's what he says on the commentary for that shot. <laughs> just real quick? Yep. Just for that one shot as he's jumping? Yeah, he just says, stunt guy. I, sorry, I'm watching that. I got to make, make sure. Okay, yep, it's him. It's him. It's him. It's still him. Oh, maybe. Oh, you... Yeah, I guess you you don't yeah. have any chance to see his face. So. Yeah. So, does anybody happen to remember the first time watching it or something, or just the impression of the ball just busting through? You're like, uh-oh. I was not familiar with Raiders, like super familiar with Raiders when I saw this for the first time. I probably had seen oh, Raiders. And I kind of just, you know, like Raiders was just kind of in the zeitgeist. Yeah, to me, I just it made me remember Muppet Babies and Kermit. <laughs> and Kermit ran away. I, I, I'm sure he ran away from the giant rolling balls at least a couple times throughout the the course of Muppet Babies. I think that might have been in, was that in like the opening credits or something? It might have been in the opening credits. It's been a while. Because that is like seared into my brain. He likes, yeah, I'm trying to, there's a whole song with it. He likes adventure, I think. It it made me think of Muppet Babies. All right. So the parody just makes me think of other parodies. (laughs) It also made me think of Muppet Babies when he starts running and they've uh i don't know if it was like a green screen thing or what but he's going through going by the sphinx and going by the countryside and stuff because they used to pull a lot of that movie clips and pictures and muppet babies too where the muppet babies would be running around there'd be like real life pictures put in the background of the muppet babies so just a lot of muppet babies for me i think oh interesting that is interesting so like because in this case you have like the real person running in front of a green screen kind of yeah. fake background so but they flip it in the cartoon so it's like cartoony people running in front of a real background yep one thing that I'm always interested to think about during this segment I don't really care about spoilers so we know at this point because we've seen the movie many times that this is all a dream this is all a daydream is is there anything to read from any of this? Like when he's running past all these backgrounds that looks like he's running through a, a Sears store, you know, the Sears photo booth. Is he coming to the end of the dream and like things get, start getting crazy at that point? Or isn't an indication that he'd rather be anywhere else than uh, where he currently is? Oh, yeah. Maybe like world traveling and stuff. Yeah. I also think he knows he's meant for greatness. 
because that's an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I tried to figure out what each one of those individual stills were. Uh, couldn't figure out where the woods were. The Sphinx is obviously the Sphinx. Um, then it goes to a shot of like uh, uh, like a building up on a hill surrounded by trees. And I thought, surely I can figure out what this is. I did a Google image search, like a reverse image search on that. And it um, came back and told me that it was most likely trees. So I cropped all the trees out of it. <laughs> and then um, it came back that it was a, most likely a, a lighthouse. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess it is kind of a lighthouse when you really look at the building. And, and so then I cropped it in even closer, trying to hopefully find out what lighthouse. And uh, it just told me that it was most likely a steeple. I guess I cropped in too closely. So <laughs> I thought it looked like a New England countryside church on a hill type thing. Yeah, it could be a church too, but Google Google thinks it's a lighthouse. I don't know. It is a pretty large building, like monastery or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really look like a. It doesn't. I don't know. It looks some, looks more like more than a chapel, and even more than just a church, I guess. Some beautiful flowering trees. It looks like. Well, Google said they may be trees. Yeah, oh. <laughs> most most likely was the phrase. Most likely. <laughs> yeah. And then these the scene that we see all too often the snow. I like that they, there's like a set of footprints going through the snow. There is a set of footprints. I want to believe that that was a Yeti. Is that when the Yeti carried you? Yes. It was also a Yeti running from a giant snowball. <laughs> but we don't get that story. Speaking of running from that boulder, I want to back up. Well, I guess I'll, that'll be a teaser for a second because um, I want to back up even further. When he puts the Oscar under the door... Um, mm-hmm. I really like that gag of like using something around you to hold the door open. It makes me think every time, I don't know why, but I, I always think of, uh, Ed Harris, um, in the abyss when there's one of the airlocks is closing and, uh, he puts his hand in there to keep it from closing. And his wedding ring is the thing that's bra- bracing it, um, from like completely closing off or crushing his hand. Um, I really like that scene. Um, and I try to think of a bunch of other scenes where somebody uses like a found object to brace a door. It seems like it would be a super common movie trope, but I couldn't think of a single other one. <laughs> well, Indiana Jones does do that in Temple of Doom. Well, yeah. Or at least he, it's not so much a door, but it's the ceiling coming down on him. He tries to jam something in the gear. Mm-hmm. Which this also comes after Temple of Doom. So they probably stole a little bit from that too. Or they just wanted a funny gag of this prize possession, just shoving it under the door. But that wedding ring thing makes me really nervous because I actually, I wear a wedding ring and there was one day I was just kind of playing with it and realized I couldn't get it off my finger very well. And then when I finally did get it off, I realized that the wedding ring was actually squished down a little bit. It was oval instead of circle. Hmm. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it one bit. (laughs) But I got it reshaped and it's all good now. Right on. The part I didn't like the most was that I didn't know when it happened. Interesting. It's like, oh, my finger got squished at some point. So, yeah, I put out that teaser. As he's running away from the boulder, in the initial shot where he's still in the temple running away from the boulder, there's like a trough right in the middle. It seems like if he just laid down right there, the boulder would roll right over him. Yeah, but if you're expecting the boulder to close off your exit, then you don't really want to just let it roll past. You I want suppose. to get out in front of it. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't assuming, know that it was going to bust Assuming the that it's not going to Kool-Aid man through the, the yeah. opening and <laughs> oh, come yeah. after you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That reminded me when I was considering that about uh, 
the Game of Thrones um, when the young Stark boy is running away from uh, Ramsay Bolton and everybody was screaming at the TV like, run serpentine, don't run straight. So he got shot with an arrow. <laughs> yeah. That's what my wife was doing, actually. Running away from Ramsay Bolton? She was uh, yelling at the TV to run in a zigzag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody was. Well, I wasn't because I haven't seen that, so. You should be proud. That's I'm coming to the end of my notes, except for that uh, the sequence was shot at the Sweetwater Ranch at 32502 Aldochi, California, which is north of L.A., which is not to be confused of the Sweetwater Ranch alpaca farm in Aldochi, California. <laughs> now, which segment? The, like the outside the cave, the inside the cave, uh, the, the Sears? Outside the cave, <laughs> yeah. The, all those still shots. No, the outside the cave. Does that does that go for earlier on in the movie too? Like yes. before they go into the cave and yes, it's like it's all of that in California. Yes. Now I did have one question for you, David, because mm-hmm. uh, I was wondering if you could make little Oscar gold teeth. Are you saying can I make teeth to go on the Oscar statue, like make the Oscar a set of teeth? No, like so someone could have a bunch of little Oscars in their mouth. Oh, um, I mean, I could. Um... I can't uh, legally fabricate any dental restoration without the prescription from a doctor, so you'd have to convince a dentist to um, ask me to do that. But uh, yeah, I, I could, I guess. <laughs> well, that sounds like a mission much harder than some of the other missions I've thought of for this podcast. <laughs> but, which brings me that I drove past the Wienermobile the other day, and I turned around, and I drove past it again because it had turned around. And then so I turned around again to chase it down. But by the time I turned around with traffic and everything, I never saw it again. Where was that at? I was in Traverse City, Michigan. That's one of the many benefits of living where I live because there's a parking lot like a mile from my house that usually has several parked in it at any given time. So. Well, so this is minute six. So we're pretty early on here. But uh, me personally, I was hoping I would chase them down, that they would be in a parking lot somewhere and I could run to the store real quick and basically get a picture or a video with the drivers of the Wienermobile eating a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. I thought you were going to say run to a store and get a Twinkie and try and like put it on top of the Twinkie Wienermobile or the Wienermobile, <laughs> thus making it a just, Twinkie Wienermobile. Just the Twinkie? Yeah, just, just completely out of proportion, of course. But. That's, that's something. Another day. But I don't have any other notes, so if you're not making me Oscar teeth, then I want to be done with Minute Six. Yeah, I, let's move on. I'm excited to see if the boulder's going to get him. Are we going? Are we placing bets on that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen uh, listening at home, if you would like to find us um, on social media, go ahead and try. We'll see you next time. Bye.